stand-up historian. Those who tell stories rule society. Hello and welcome to Stand Up Historian. My name is Kurosh and I bring this podcast to you from Seattle, Washington. Tonight, I am going to introduce to you a great and rather voluminous book by Fritz Springmeier. And the book is called Bloodline of Illuminati. This is a huge body of work. Uh, it's about five, 600 pages, a small print, single line, and filled with information. Every page offers a lot of information about uh, Illuminati's, their bloodlines, their main families, and how uh, they evolved to what they are today. Very extensive research about the backgrounds of this family uh, families and uh, their connections to different countries, secret societies, and even governments. What I'm going to read to you is part of the introduction of this book. I strongly recommend reading this book. If you want to find it, I will post a link to this book on my website, or if you are watching or listening to this on YouTube, I will post it in the description of the video. Okay, let's see what Fritz has to say. An understanding of how Satanism works will clarify to the investigators that bloodlines are very important. Occult power is transmitted from one generation to another. The leading Satanists believe that unless you have generations of occult power behind you, that you do not qualify for high positions within Satanism. So he is talking about families of Illuminati and how they have their roots in Satanism. Genealogies are therefore very important to Satanists. From inside knowledge, I know that the Mormon Church has helped the Satanic families with their genealogy work. If you're familiar with Mormon Church, I'm not accusing the Church of anything. And these are Fritz's uh, opinions and his opinions only are merely presenting those to you. But if you're familiar with Mormon Church, one of the biggest things they have is genealogy. If you have lived in the United States for a few generations, it is very, very likely that if you go to a Mormon church where they have their uh, library of genealogy, which is now entirely computerized, they can find your ancestry very easily. As the saying goes, if you can't beat them, then join them. Over the thousands of years, these small cliques of elite families have either aligned themselves with the secret power of mystery religions, or they have been swept aside. History is written by establishment historians, which ensures that the supposed greatness of these families 
seems established by history. And this is very important to understand that what we read as history is mainly written by paid historians. I agree with him about this point. Allow me in this introduction to put the top Illuminati bloodlines in the context, the overall situation, in which they direct world affairs by covering some of the families allied to them. The world order of Illuminati creates conflicts which squeeze and pressure those who are not of their bloodlines. The king of Nepal during the 1960s and 70s ruled over a poor Hindu kingdom. The king of Nepal was in precarious position. The Chinese could invade from the north and the Indian Congress Party of India did try to invade from the south and the British maintained their subtle control as quote-unquote big brother. Leading Nepalis got British educations and perhaps British mind control. Nepalese Gurkhas fought for the British army and supplied troops to guard the remnants of the empire like Hong Kong. If you listen to my podcast, which is about the remnants of an army, a story of how a British army was defeated in Afghanistan, those who fought for British army, they were from this group of Nepalis. British MI6 and American CIA maintained a presence in the kingdom of Nepal. The point is that the king may have been king, but he was not free to independently do whatever he wanted without lining up to the wishes of the world order. Failure to please these big powers would result in the king losing his own power. And I know a king that he didn't listen to the powers and he was dethroned and destroyed. I'm talking about the late king of Iran. This book focuses more on the American aspects of the Illuminati. But these powerful oligarchical families are widespread. People familiar with the Slavic countries will recognize the Russian Estroganov family, the Hungarian Esterhazis, and the Radziwills. The wife of Boris Yeltsin is the daughter of Joseph Stalin from Stalin's marriage with Rosa Kaganovich. Rosa's father was Illuminati, and her daughter is Nania Josefova. Boris Yeltsin and Rosa are secretly Jewish. Lenin was married to a Jewish wife, Kurupaskaya. Molotov married a Jewess too. And Stalin was married to Jewess Kaganovich. Kaganovich had a powerful brother named Lazar Moisievich, 
Kagnovich. Kagnovich in the Politburo. Mikhail Kanagnovich married Stalin's daughter Svetlana. Boris Yeltsin' original name was Baruch Ilya. He, in turn, is a good friend of David Rockefeller, the descendant of Genghis Khan, are still alive in Europe and America where most of them are interwoven into the Illuminati occult bloodlines and hierarchy. Genghis Khan is still worshipped in Mongolia, where followers look forward to his resurrected spirit. Genghis Khan was also married to a Jewish wife, and then there is the Dutch Baker family which ruled Dutch East India Company. Again, before I continue, what I'm uh, presenting to you is from the book The Bloodline of Illuminati, Bloodline of the Illuminati by Fritz Springmeier. The mafia and other organized crime families of various nationalities are another example of powerful families which may or may not have Illuminati blood, depending on the individual family's case, and which often are not interested in worshipping Lucifer, and yet are participating with the Illuminati in business. They are also dependent upon staying within the broad expectations of the Illuminati. The mafia crime families and their syndicates are modeled after the Illuminati families. Readers who have followed the ups and downs of mafia families and the rivalries between different bloodlines have a good illustration of the competition and cooperation between the Illuminati bloodlines. The strong and ruthless survive. Although the Mafia sets itself 20 and 30 years goals, that doesn't mean everything goes exactly like they plan. Nor does everything happens as they want. Likewise, it was a genuine surprise when the Titanic went down with Astor. Referring to Astor family. The Mafia participates in trauma-based total mind control, which is carried out by the Illuminati and their network of children. Although it is not the intent of this book to go into this mind control. It is of relevance to state that the Mafia's mind-controlled people during their programming received base or foundational programming which ensures that the Illuminati maintains ultimate control which supersedes the Mafia's control over this people. The reader may be surprised to learn that the Illuminati have intermarried with American Indians. This part is very interesting. I, I want you to listen carefully. Illuminati have intermarried with American Indians. Why? They have done this in order to gain their psychic abilities, 
to gain their spiritual power and their generational spirits. Various American Indian reservations are used for Illuminati rituals and sacred Indian sites are used to hide important Illuminati objects such as gold. Another surprise is the strong Middle Eastern connection to the Illuminati. This includes a powerful Sufi and Arabic connection to the Illuminati. Sufis are sort of uh, like enlightened Muslims and Sufism, you could compare it with uh, Kabbalah and Judaism and there is a lot of mysteries and esoteric concepts in Sufism. The f- most famous Sufi that you may have heard is uh, Rumi and uh, in, I have a podcast about Rumi if you want to learn more about him. But he was not part of the Illuminati for sure. This includes a powerful Sufi and Arabic connection to the Illuminati. Men like Siddhar Iqbal Ali Shah are very knowledgeable about Arab magic and deep occult practices. Siddhar Iqbal Ali Shah has written at least 70 books on magic and occultism. The roots of the Illuminati go back to Mesopotamia and the Aryans such as the Aryans who conquered the Indus Valley who conquered Mesopotamia and also created the Mitanni, the Hittites, the Horians, the Assyrians, and the Persians. The Aryans gained a military superiority over other peoples by developing breeds of war horses and horse-drawn war chariots with spoked wheels and i have i have to add this here that uh these days you have probably heard about uh arabian horses and how beautiful and how pure breed they are originally it was persians and their horses and horse breeding was one of the most important uh trades that anybody wanted to learn and from very very young age every Persian young boy had to learn how to ride a horse and how valuable the horse is and uh, the word uh, horse in Arabic is Faris and they call Persians Fars first of all there is no P in Arabic so they replace it with F so Pars becomes Fars the other thing is, farce means horse breeder. So, I'm not sure how accurate it is, but it does make sense in terms of roots of the word uh, in Arabic for horse, which is faris, and farce, which is the person who breeds horses. So, it's very interesting that he talks about uh, horses and chariots that they were pulled by horses. The power of using horses and chariots in war gave the Aryans an incredible edge over other people. Since the public knows little about the Aryans as a people and wouldn't recognize them by their different national names, Persians, Mitanni, and top three castes of India and so forth, 
their dominance over the ancient world is harder to recognize. The mountains of Afghanistan and Persia were sacred to, to the ancient worlds, in part because they were the homeland of the origin of the occult power that has ruled the world. In my podcast about the lost homeland of Aryans, I talk about mountains of uh, Persia, and especially the Mount Damavand, which is the tallest mountain in that region, and how sacred it is, and it has been forever for Zoroastrians and Aryans, and it's been mentioned in many uh, writings. Also, uh, Zagros and Albers mountains are very sacred and important, both in, in Iran. And Afghanistan is a mountainous country. The mountains of Afghanistan and Persia. The mountains were seen as the birthplace of the god wind, Enlil, the benevolent provider god. And when you read uh, Zechariah Sechen's book, The Twelfth Planet, or any of his books, he talks about Enlil, and he's one of the important gods, and he was in that region. He was the god in Mesopotamia. The wind and breath were seen to be that divine substance of life that animated life. In Mesopotamia, the first rank gods were heavenly, and the second those of the winds being birthed in the mountains of Persia. And the third rank of gods, the eastern hills, if a particular mother city or center of the entire occult power structure were to be given, it would be Balkh, Afghanistan. And the Roshania and the Sufis that originated from that era. Well, the name Roshania is a very interesting name. It is, without a doubt, a Persian name with word Roshan, which means bright, and in fact, Shan is the root word of shine in English, and uh, Ru is face, so Roshan. Sometimes it's a reference to the sun, but in general, it means bright and shining and existence of light, presence of light. And this is very interesting that Fritz uh, mentions Roshania as the birthplace of Illuminati. You catching my wind? Uh, Illuminati as enlightened and those who are enlightened in a city, in an area which is called Roshania. So that's very, very interesting. I have to um, also explain to you that because of my background and the number of languages I know from the Middle East, in addition to uh, English language, it has always been helpful to me, actually has given me an advantage to unlock some of the mysteries that come with related words. And this is one of those situations. Um, the name is very, very interesting in this case, and Illuminati 
if I were to translate it, I would say uh, those who have received the, the light could be the knowledge, we call it light, and those who are quote-unquote roshan or shining or bright. So just wanted to add that and uh, I hope it helps to understand. Now I started to doubt that maybe this Illuminati in its origin was not so evil until its secrets and knowledge in fact fell into the hands of those who uh, tried to hide it from everybody else, uh, take it to secret societies and use it against humanity. Baal has also been called Bactara and uh, Zaryaspa on some maps. I have a very, very old map. I mean, a very old map of uh, ancient Persian Empire, and it is called uh, Bactra. It refers to Baal as Bactra. Baal is in Afghanistan, and it is the birthplace of uh, aforementioned uh, Rumi, the, the famous Persian poet and Sufi. The Aryans gave mankind the oldest sacred scriptures, the Vedic literature, the Upanishad. The Upanishad used today by the Hindus. A treaty written around 1400 BC by two Aryan nations of Western Asia, the Hittites and Mitannis, invoked the four deities Indara, Urovna, Mitra, Nastayas, known in the Veda as Indra, Varuna, Mitra, and Asvinis. These ancient worshipped god named Enkidu, a Sumerian god also worshipped by the pre-Aryan Harappans of the Indus Valley. Again, Enkidu is mentioned in work of uh, Zechariah, Sechen as a god in Sumeria. Enkidu was a man god with horns, a tail, and the rear hooves of a bull, which has been the Western world's image of Satan. That's exactly what you see when in Western world they draw a picture of Satan with horns and hooves. I introduced some of the secret Middle East connections of the Illuminati in my Be Wise as Serpents book. A good example is Illuminati control of Watchtower Society of the Jehovah's Witnesses. In recent history, an old bedridden blind man, Fred Franz, was the nominal head of the Watchtower Society while his bodyguard, Nazir Saleh, an Iraqi Jew, really ran the show. Nazir Saleh, as the real occult power behind the scenes, would wear big occult rings and had expensive tastes. I am familiar with Jehovah's Witnesses and I have very good friends that are Jehovah's Witnesses. And I, I, I see their publication, which is Watchtower. You might have seen it. 
used to be more around. I don't see it as much. Perhaps it's mainly uh, distributed when they visit people's homes or on their website. But this is also very interesting to me, the information that Fritz offers here and talking about an Iraqi Jew by the name uh, Nadir Saleh. Babylon was the center of modern Judaism with its Babylonian Talmud and its Babylonian Kabbalism. Kabbalism also forms the heart of witchcraft and Freemasonry. When I was a child, I knew people that they were doing some kind of black magic, writing spells and all sorts of uh, special uh, hex or whatever you call them. I've seen it firsthand. But Kabbalism is the source of witchcraft? I don't know. I leave the judgment to you. From the ancient Middle East, some of the families ended up in Venice. From Venice, these families then moved to Switzerland, Russia, London, and Amsterdam. The families that control Switzerland go back to Venice. Some of the families of the Byzantine have had enduring powerful lineage. The Venetian and Genoese Banker international commerce families have produced some enduring powerful lineage. Families from these groups have tended toward Gnosticism, also known as Luciferianism. Gnosticism requires its own study and going over everything that is mentioned in Gnosticism. There is a lot of research research about uh, scrolls, Dead Sea Scrolls that was found on uh, Najh Hammadi and basically our knowledge of Gnosticism comes from those scrolls. So here is another uh, claim that Gnosticism is also known as Luciferianism. I'm not sure how true this could be, but anyways, let's continue and cults that are abnormal Christian deviations. Along this line can be mentioned Darius Concinius of Venice. Darius is a very famous Persian name. The Warburgs who work so closely to the Rothschilds are descendants of Abraham del Banco and banker in early Venice. The Warburgs, in turn, are related to the Rosenbergs of Kiev, today's Ukraine. Some of the old aristocratic Russian occult bloodlines were the first major financiers of Hitler's fledgling National Socialist Workers' Party, Nazi Party. Most of the powerful Illuminati bloodlines have diversified into many different last names or surnames. Some still have enough continuity of surnames to be tracked down through the centuries. For instance, the Cabot family of Boston are descendants of Sebastian Gap Cabot, who was born in Venice. Sebastian Cabot, whose father was John Cabot, 
was in turn descended from Giovanni Caboto of Genoa. Giovanni Caboto was a member of a powerful family in Genoa. In modern times, the Cabot family has been active in politics and intelligence agencies for the New World Order. For instance, Thomas D. Cabot set up Radio Swan on Swan Island for the CIA. Paul Cabot was a director of J.P. Morgan & Co. Beside, director of other corporations that interlock with Illuminati's power. So, what I read here for you is part of the introduction of uh, introduction of this book, Bloodlines of the Illuminati, by Fritz Springmeier. Of course, we heard some controversial um, claims in just a few pages that I read to you, but the book has a lot of interesting information and a lot of documents and uh, sources and resources which this author painstakingly gathered to complete this book. Well, I hope um, you enjoyed this, or maybe you didn't. If you belong to the Church of Latter-day Saints or Mormon Church and anything here uh, was uh, not pleasing to you, <laughs> to say the least, I, um, I have to apologize. This was not my opinion by any means and I'm just introducing a book and maybe there are more information to uh, refute his claims also if there are among you especially my friends listening to you do this about uh, and anything was said about Jehovah's Witnesses the same way and uh, I hope that I get some feedbacks from you and um, we, if we can find out how much of this information uh, that is provided in this short podcast could be verified, in fact. Okay, as usual, I invite you to visit my website at standuphistorian.com and submit your questions, your feedbacks. I would love to hear from you and I will always reply. And now it's time to say, have great times and God bless you all. Bye.